0: Welcome to the Truth Must Be Told podcast. I have covered many subjects and will continue to bring you quality podcasts to give you some hope in this uncertain world. If you've missed any episodes, you can go to thetruthmustbetold.org and you will find the link for Anchored.fm, which will allow you to listen to previous podcasts absolutely free. It's free to visit the site and free to listen. While you're there, consider hitting that support button and help this ministry to continue to be free and a blessing to many. Thank you for your support and for joining me here on The Truth Must Be Told. I'm going to be making some changes here. I have a special announcement today on The Truth Must Be Told. So Stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It be a nice change of pace. Okay. When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, well, I tried to tell the truth, and it kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts. Here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Hello, everyone. It's good if I turn the microphone on. Uh, Good to see you today. And, um, yeah, today I'm going to start right out the gate with a special announcement. So I want to say to all of you um, who have been tuning in and listening to the podcast, whether that be on Anchor.fm, YouTube, or many of the other platforms I'm on, uh, look, due to poor health on my part, I'm going to have to cut down the amount of podcasts I do from three a week to two a week starting today. <clears throat> I regret having to do this, but it's been difficult to prepare, produce, edit, and publish this show all on my own. It's taking its toll on me physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You know, I've tried to maintain the schedule, but I must cut back and give me more time to get this show into your hands. So, moving forward, I'll put podcasts out on Tuesdays and Saturdays. All right. And, and I hope that you all understand that you continue to pray for me and Lori. We're both on disability, and we wish we could work, but we cannot do to because of our physical limitations, and I'm neither telling you this to make you feel sorry for me, nor to stir some other forms of emotion on your part. I'm just telling you where it is. <laughs> I love you all, my faithful listeners, uh, My and I hope and pray that you will continue to listen and support this program, put it, you know, get it out there, and let other people hear it, because... The truth has got to be told, and we've got people that, that need to hear the truth, especially in today's world. Now, um, if you can help in any way, I would appreciate it. I'm still looking for someone to help with the website and maintain it. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. You guys are you guys are great. You've been the, the best audience I've had. I don't want to lose you, so just you know, hang in there with me. And uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll be back doing more. I'll be able to maybe do more later on as I start feeling better. But it's been a struggle, and I don't want to continue to struggle this way. My health is very, very important, and I just cannot, um, I, I just can't continue like this. Okay, so God bless you, and thank you for listening. Okay, don't don't tune out. I'm not stopping the show. <clears throat> Got a lot of people out there that tune in all over the world. I'm really amazed, too. I, I hadn't planned on doing this today, but let me give you some of this. You know, um, the listen, listenership on anchor.fm is growing. Um, it's now being heard through 13 states in the United States the Netherlands, Canada, Germany, England, and Wales. You know, thank you guys out there for listening. <laughs> Many states in the United States are listening. I got more, in, I got a lot sp- in Ohio. Uh, hi to you folks out in Ohio. I really appreciate you guys being there. It's exciting. And um, the website um, is getting over 100 hits a day. Which I really appreciate. Um, if, if you and uh, you know, oh, by the way, for those of you who are listening, I'd like to hear from you. So go to the dot and say hello. All right. Um, in the Facebook page, uh, there's I've got people again from the United States. I have Ghana, Nigeria, the Philippines, Pakistan, ca- Kenya, India, Uganda, the Gambia, and the coteti uvre The you say, you say, Cote Ivre, the Ivory Coast. I hope I didn't kill that French, but I want to thank all of you for tuning in. All right. And if you're watching on YouTube, you know, please hit the like button and subscribe. Um, and if you don't like YouTube, try Rumble. I'm there too. And uh, the new site, uh, .social, uh, yubnub.social, yubnub.social, uh, look for the Truth Must Be Told podcast. That's how you put it in, y- yubnub.social. When you get there, look for the Truth Must Be Told podcast. Remember, don't forget the the Truth Must Be Told podcast, and that'll bring you into um, uh, into the uh, into my page there, and you can watch the videos and all kinds of things going on there. <laughs> Excuse me. So uh, again, just continue to pray, and thanks again for all that's listening. All right, so um, on this day. Uh, December 7th, uh, 1941, we had uh, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. Over 2,400 servicemen and civilians died that day from this brutal and deliberate attack on our natal, naval base. You know, we Americans have never forgotten that day and we never should. The devastation from that attack left America in confusion and in a lot of pain. Now, there are many theories and conjectures about that day still flying around, even today. But putting that aside, let us remember those that lost their lives that day and those who sacrificed their lives to fight the Japanese and their desire to destroy America. So thank you, veterans, for your service. As if it wasn't for you guys fighting in uh, the Pacific and in the European theater, we would either be speaking Japanese or German right now. So to you brave men and women who did your part, to keep our country free, I salute you and I thank you. Now, as a Christian, um, I must forgive the attack. I mean, the generation that performed that attack is not around anymore, and surely, the political structure has changed. But let us not hold on to bitterness in our hearts about this. I know many that do, and they really do. They have. They have. I know. I have a friend that really dislikes the Japanese because of what they've done. It can't condemn all Japanese for that. but um, uh, let us not hold the bitterness in, us, in our hearts okay let's let's let us in Christian charity for, forgive the ideals that cause them to attack us. We will always remember the pain and the hurt. Those scars are there to remind us that we should never let our guard down and be ever vigilant as a nation. Okay, so let's not forget. You know, let's not forget 9 11. Let's not forget these things. Let's never forget the attacks on our country and what it did to us. Now, I must point out that there is an active attack on our shores right now. Now, it's not an enemy that we could see, it's just as deadly to our freedoms as the bombs that dropped on our ships on that terrible day back in 1941. It seeks to destroy our ability to defend ourselves and to defend our God-given liberties to speak out against falsehoods. It would keep us locked in our homes under the thumb of the government dictators who would rule over us. It wants to take control of our children to indoctrinate them into the ways of socialism, teaching them to hate America and what she stands for. It twists history to suit its own agenda. Which is to make us weak, vulnerable, and dependent on the government. <clears throat> it's successfully causing many to turn a blind eye excuse me, many to turn a blind eye to its attack, and even those who should know better are knuckling under its mesmerizing wares. Now, the enemy I speak of is defined as a feeling of being satisfied with. How things are, and not wanting to try and make them better. And its name is complacency. Yeah, complacency. Uh, complacency, you know, this desire of pleasing or obliging others is destroying and killing our country. And it is And it has also wormed its way into the church. You know, it started years ago and continues now with more fervor than ever. It causes those in leadership to bow to its desires. And we see it all out there today. Oh, there's not two genders. There's many more. Whites are the oppressors. We must teach our children that. Hence, we have the critical race theory. I feel like a woman today, so I'm going to use the woman's bathroom. And look what just happened to that uh, in that state, and I forgot where it was, where a 16-year-old who wore a skirt to school that day because he decided to be a woman went into the ladies' bathroom, and he raped a 15-year-old. And, you know, there's many, many more about There's many more of that, many, many more. Many more. And we as Americans are letting it happen. We're, 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 so many of us are afraid to say anything. So in turn, we say nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know, I don't agree with Edmund Burke and his philosophy. And if he did say this, um, because there's controversy whether he said this quote or not, but it does ring true. All it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. If good men do nothing, evil triumphs. That is complacency. Doing nothing when we see blatant evil and injustice that is destroying not only America but the church, and you and the church, I'm going to be addressing you in a little bit. but we are letting these things steamroll over America without anybody saying a word. We have nothing but crickets. as very few people out there that speak out against this movement of the government, but that evil enemy of complacency has the majority of people just... Well, it's the way it is. There's nothing I can do about it. We'll get the vaccine ve because we have to. No, we don't have to. I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV, so you do as you see fit. But I am getting no vaccine vey. There's... That complacency has woven its way in. and made us just cold to what's happening in today's society. It has to stop. We cannot continue to do nothing. We have to put our feet down, plant our feet in the ground, and say, no, this far, no further, that's it. And We've got to do something. The way we're going to do it, Americans, the way we're going to do it, is by voting. Get out there on election day and vote, 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 vote. Don't vote many times, okay? (laughs) Only vote once. We need to pray that the God of this universe will redeem our country. Sad to say, I don't know if that's going to happen. Because everything that's being set up right now and that we're being complacent about, that we're just letting happen and just letting happen and letting happen is the set up for a one-world government, set up for a one-world monetary system, set up for a one-world religion. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe what's going on. There are... And the Catholic Church, you Catholics out there listen to me, I love you, I really do. I was raised a Catholic, but Catholicism is not Christian, and I'll tell you why. You call yourself a Christian, so do the Mormons, so do the Jehovah Witnesses, they all say they follow Christ. But you and Catholicism depend on salvation plus works, and that is not the Scripture. You can't do things to bring yourself into a right standing with God. You just can't do it. But we're seeing the Catholic Church joining with Muslims, Jews, and one place, the Baha'i cult, and to create a place of worship for everyone. They're putting these together all over the world. New York City. They're even talking. They're even talking about the Temple Mount, which is a big key to Bible prophecy. Because we know when the third temple is built, that the Antichrist is going to go there in the middle of the Great Tribulation, and declare himself to be God. He's going to perform, the, the he's going to do the abomination that causes desolation. That's proclaiming himself to be God. And we see these things happening in front of us, and yet, Christians, you're complacent. So, like I said, we're doing nothing when we see blatant evil and injustice that is destroying America and destroying the church. And we'll be back after this. Um, yeah I know it's kind of heavy I do apologize but I just I had to say what I have to say All right, as I did did a little notice over here says you know I promote biblical truth if you want something sugar coated go get some donuts you know it's not easy to speak the truth in the middle of uh, adversity as I spoke of on the last show with Job he Found it a very hard task, and it is. But we need to get out there and speak the truth. So, um, what does the Bible say about complacency? Now, believe it or not, it has a lot to say about complacency. Luke twelve, verse uh, verses nineteen through twenty, says this, and I'll and I'll say to myself, "You have plenty of good things laid up for your many years." You have good things for yourself, laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life will be demanded of you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? We have many people, even in the church, they're concerned about this world, these things. Look, there's there's folks out there that believe that There's going to be some great revival that's going to take place. I didn't plan on covering this today, but I think this is where i got to go. There are people out there saying there's this great revival that's going to take place, and millions of people are going to get saved, and there's going to be a big turnaround, and Trump is going to become president again, and all this stuff. First of all, if you're saying there's going to be a great revival, then that means Jesus can't come back, and it destroys the imminency, the, the, the imminency of the scripture that says, you know, his return is, could be at any time. And he's in, the, in dealing with that, he said that the signs of that return, we're looking at them right now. Things are being set up for that one world government, the one world religion, the one world uh, leader, okay, and a one world monetary system. It's going to be all set. And we're seeing that happening today more than ever before. So, no, I don't think so. would be nice. But we're concerned, let's not concern ourselves with what we have as possessions. It's all going to be burned up. Did you read the book? You should read the Bible. It's a great thing to do. I really recommend you read your Bible, because the Bible says that it's all going to be destroyed. Everything is going to melt like wax. It's going to be gone. God is going to destroy everything on this earth. And recreate it. So don't be complacent. Don't be worried about having a better car or hope things get better in our economy. It doesn't matter. Whether it does or not, God is still on the throne and this is all going to be destroyed. Okay, stop worrying about your things. We're going to cover that in a little bit. Proverbs one hundred thirty two says, For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Okay. Like it, the complacency of fools. Gotta stop. That is in regard to in Proverbs chapter one, where God says, Hey, I've called and you didn't answer. It's a heavy, heavy scripture. Revelation three verses one through six is this: To the angel of the church in Sardis, right. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds; you have a reputa- you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up! Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. but will acknowledge that name before my Father and His angels. Whoever has an ears, who has, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Church, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. First of all, let me explain to you what the church is. All right, because when I say the church, people get all kinds of things going through their mind. They think of a building, they think of the Catholic Church, they think of their Episcopalian Church, they think of that little wooden building they go to, they think of the Crystal Cathedral, they think of all kinds of things. But let me explain who or what the church is. All right, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23 says this, And God placed all things under his feet, whose feet? Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. All right. So the the body of Christ is the church. That's those who are saved. It was born on the day of Pentecost, and it is made up of all believers in Jesus Christ. Although we consider it, although we consider it to be the local church as Paul described in Galatians one, that definition is referring to a local body of believers. I'm talking about those believers who are once dead in their sins but have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It is not a building nor a denomination. All right? It has nothing to do with people who, oh, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, there's a difference between believing and, 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 and actually putting into effect what you believe. You say, I believe in God. Well, Good for you, because the devils believe that too, and they tremble. That's what the Bible says. So I am speaking to the body of Christ, the mighty body of Christ, who has the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness in place, their feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel, the church which has, which has the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God the church that spends most of its time either polishing their armor or fighting with one another. Look, I'm reminded of the book, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, all right? Uh, when the king arrived at the, uh, at, at the islands, which he was um, he ruled over, but they didn't acknowledge his lordship anymore. So the, he, po- he only had a crew of whatever, 15, 20 men. But he had them polish their armor, get it all set, and they came riding up to the gates of the castle where the governor, uh, his sufficiency, was supposed to be, and he was in charge of the Lone Islands there. And uh, when they came in, the you know, they, who is who is this, and they knocked off the guy's helmet, the guards came out, and their hel- their, 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 um, they were not prepared for the battle. And any kind of a battle, and their, their armor was all rusty and dirty and hadn't been cared for, and the men were just sitting down doing nothing. Is this what the church is like today? Have we let our armor get dull and useless? Ephesians tells us to stand, okay? Ephesians tells us to stand, all right? And it says here, finally be strong in the Lord and What? In his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you could take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil is who? He's the father of lies, right? Referred to as the God of this world who wants to set the stage so when you see great reset, think preparing for the Antichrist. all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Be alert. Stand. Take your stand. You know, you, you, he defensiveness is the armor. The only offensive weapon you have right now is this. You're not going to be able to learn about the other parts of the armor, the faith the, the, the faith, and everything else, unless you spend time in here. You have got to read your Bible. You have got to get into it so that when the enemy comes against you, you can say, thus saith the Lord, and use your sword. Resist the devil, and he will just sit down and have a great time with you. No, the Bible says resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Church, stop polishing your armor and saying, look what I got. Isn't this great? Church, stop fighting one another. Church, when you see false doctrine, you need to speak out against it or get out of that building. If your church is starting to become woke, get out of there. If they don't teach this, if they don't teach about the blood of Christ, if the if the, you're, you're Church is not centered on the Word of God, sola scriptura, the Word of God only. Get out of there. You don't need books by Bill Hybels and all the other guys out there that are just destroying the church. The BibleStudyTools.com has a very excellent explanation of what the church was like in the Old Testament. We have been, the church has changed. It's changed through the years. It's developed the paganistic, it's taken on the paganistic things of the Roman Catholicism, where, yeah, they have an altar, well, we have a pulpit. And, yeah, we, we we give out the, you know, we have the the pastor up here, and the congregation is down here, and the pastor's elevated. Is that the way it was supposed to be? No. They were, they were supposed to, we you know, when the church first started, first of all, it was made up of all Jews. The Gentiles didn't come on until later on. When Peter was told to go preach to the Gentiles, that the gospel's for them as well. He caught a lot of flack for that, but he did what God told him to do, or else we wouldn't be sitting here right now. We'd be lost. But the church started with the Jews. The only thing they had, they didn't have a Bible. So you can't say, um, I'm King James only. It was the it was good enough for Paul. It's good enough for me. You ever heard that? He didn't have that. What did he have? He had the Old Testament. He had the old the scriptures that were indicated in the Old Testament. <laughs> so when he talks about Christ dying according to the scriptures, he's talking about the Old Testament, not about the New Testament. The New Testament hadn't been written yet. So when we see in the Bereans in the book of Acts, that said when they gathered together and they listened to the, to the apostles preach, and they decided to, to well, we're going to look through the Scriptures daily to see if what the apostles told us was true. And this is something that's not happening in the church today. Pastors come, and they, they get up on the pulpit, evangelists come, and they get up on that pulpit, and they begin to... Um, yeah, here it is. As soon as it was night, the brothers sent, to Paul and Silas, sent Paul and Silas on their way to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Why don't we do that today? You get many prophets. Out there, and I put air quotes around prophets that are prophesying all these things. Um, I'm not trying to deny the gifts of the Spirit, but there's a difference between prophecy and prophesying. Excuse me. If the Bible is clear, I believe it's in Deuteronomy 18, it says if the, if the, the uh, prophet speaks up and says, Thus saith the Lord, and the Lord hadn't thus said, they're not to be listened to. In fact, they to be stoned, because they're a false prophet. I'm glad we're, uh, we're not doing that to get today, and we're not living in that dispensation, because there'd be a lot of people that'd be dead. Um so he uh God warned us that uh you know false prophets would come and we're seeing that today in the church. I'm sorry I was getting off track cuz there's so many places I want to go with this and I don't have that much time. So if you want to hear more about that, we can get into a, pro- a discussion of Bible prophecy and but there's a difference. If somebody comes up and says, Oh, the Lord told me that this, well, then maybe we need to add a chapter in here. God told us and related everything we need to know in this book. Everything that God wants us to know about the future, what's happening, is right here. If you spend time in here, you don't got to worry about anything else. You spend time in the Bible. And if you don't, you wind up being fooled by these false teachers. As much as I wanted it to happen, these prophets came up and said, Donald Trump will win a second term. Didn't happen, did it? Now they're backstepping. Some of them have apologized for being wrong. But others are, oh no, well, it's a spiritual election. We are putting the same thing into effect today that happened in Jesus' day. We're looking at a political leader to come and save us as opposed to the Lord. We need to get our eyes off of as much as I like Donald Trump, we need to get our eyes off of Trump and put our eyes on the Lord because the Bible Jesus told us when you see these things happening, lift up your eyes because your redemption draws nigh. He's coming. And as a, to get back to what I was saying before about the church being, you know, following the Babylonian things, there's an altar, and then they would come and they'd make their sacrifice on the altar. That wasn't necessary. In fact, the church... Okay, so what I was saying from uh, from the BibleStudyTools.com, have a couple of great paragraphs about it, and I want to read those to you. It says this, the church that we see in the New Testament is dynamic, never a prisoner of buildings. We see the church meeting in the temple, in a synagogue, in the street, besides the, beside the sea, in public places and often in homes, the Book of Acts describes a community of faith in a in constant movement. And here's Acts two. It says this: Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praying, uh, praying God and praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It appears that the meetings were daily and definitely not monotonous. Worship, fraternal communion, prayer, working in mutual edifications, giving testimony of Christ, and taking care of the needs of the poor were not part of special programs, but rather everyday activities. Those that observed the believer's way of life called them people of the way, surely due to their constant action, their defined doctrine, and because they could always be seen going from one place to another. And if you bother to explore the book of Acts, you'll see things. And I I like what he says here, you know what they say here. Um, And taking care of the needs of the poor were not part of special programs. It was an everyday activity. Oh, we have a special program. We have a deacon's fund to get... Look, I'm not trying to be overly critical here, and I'm sorry. But it always irks me when I read in the book of Acts and I see that the believers, okay, they even sold, some of them even sold their goods in their homes and spread that wealth out so that nobody within the family of God, the, the church, was without anything. They shared equally among one another. Someone's need. Someone met that need. It wasn't less well. Donate money to the uh, to the uh, deacons fund, and you know, if somebody needs food or gas money or something. It's not what it's about, folks. It irks me today. I watched the video, and a lot of this had come because of that, and it, it just it shocked me to see the. Greed, the avarice of some of these megachurch preachers. Even those who teach the word of God—I mean—but you know, but, but they are worth millions of dollars. They come on, they come in front of you, and they're wearing eight thousand-dollar watches, very expensive suits, drive nice cars is having those things in and of itself bad no but why do you have to live so extravagantly why can't you live in a, in a smaller home and take your salary which and live in, live just by bare needs because most of your congregation is living on bare needs and set an example of Christ I'm not saying go sell everything, but, you know, Laurie and I were talking about this earlier, and I I, I, was, I know the, the movie isn't scriptural, but it's the bishop's wife, and if, for those of you who are the original, those of you who remember it, uh, an angel came down to help the bishop who was trying to build this uh, cathedral, and he's, he wanted the cathedral to be this great thing and to stand out for God and to do all these things, and he prayed for help because he was losing, losing the love of his life of his wife and an angel comes and makes him see what's more important the the um, the um, the cathedral or his wife and he realizes it's his wife and he's going to fight for her and everything but in the meantime the angel goes to the the, the story also turns around this woman who has de- has promised to dedicate 10 million dollars or whatever it was, to the building of this cathedral, but hasn't come forward with the money. And so the the angel Dudley goes there and talks with her, and when the bishop shows up, she tells the bishop, you know, I I haven't decided not to give the money for the cathedral, but instead I want to feed the poor, I want to help the destitute of the city, and I want you to direct the the, uh, the giving out of those funds. And... uh, You know, he had a hard lesson to learn. There's one thing the angel said when he looked at a picture of the cathedral and said, wow, he said, that big roof could buy, could make so many small little roofs. You as a pastor, and I know none of you guys are listening to me, none of you. I'd be surprised if they were. But what about those? People struggle on every day and they give their hard-earned money to you So you could drive in your fancy car? And for those of you who are false teachers, too, who are, you flying around in private jets, $65 million jets, what do you need that for? What do you need that for? Wouldn't it be better if you flew in commercial airlines and you sat next to somebody that didn't know Jesus and share the gospel with them? Just saying. Take what God has given you and help people. I know people out there today that do. They bake things for people. They make things for people. But we don't see that in the church. We don't see this, you know, because the care of the needs of the poor, we're not, you know, we have to have a special program for that. Why? Why do you have to have a special program? Time to start thinking about things. Where's your church headed? Okay. Not trying to, t- I'm not here criticizing. I'm just saying. It's time to think about these things. What the scripture tells us in, in Revelation. Wake up and strengthen that which remains and is about to die. Wake up. Stop being woke and start waking up, church. We're in a very bad place. I don't have much more to say. I don't have really much more to say about that, excuse me. Click the wrong button here. Listen, there's... um. You know, Jesus is coming back soon. I, 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 I would love to know if the, a revival, or as some people say it's only going to be a partial rapture, and some people are going to go. No, not what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that if we believe in Jesus, we're going. The dead in Christ will rise first, and those which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, and we live with the Lord forever. Church, it's time to wake up. We need to wake up and set an example to the unbelievers. We need to say, we believe in God. And in spite of what's happening around us today, we believe in God. As I say, the rapture's intimate. We need to get on board and tell people about Jesus. We need to stop the wokeness, stop the big bands coming to our church, the laser lights, the smoke shows. Stop trying to be a mega church when you're only a little church because those people are being pulled away and they're being taught some fluff message. Can't have a fluff message, okay? Feel good. Your best life now, garbage. Got to teach the gospel. If this message has touched your heart and you want to know more about becoming a Christian, please reach out to me at thetruthmustbetold.org. The truth, the truth I'll be glad to pray with you, to give you whatever information is necessary. Christian, if you have a question, you want to criticize me, whatever, go to thetruthmustbetold.org and go ahead and tell me how you feel. Promise you you won't be spammed. Okay? But I'll be praying for you. And I thank you for tuning in today to The Truth Must Be Told. Now, God bless you, have a wonderful night, and we'll see you on Saturday when The Truth Must Be Told. Take care.